You're listening to I'm In My 20s, the podcast dedicated to the 20-somethings experience. Here we talk candidly about navigating life, from sharing stories to ideas to advice. My name is Meg and welcome to the show. Keep challenging what you see around you, like challenge your own beliefs, challenge what you see in the world. And I think that's how like meaningful change happens. Hey listeners, welcome back to the show. Today we are talking about how to be a conscious consumer, how to be an activist, and how to take care of yourself while making a difference in this world. So I'm joined by one of my most inspiring friends, Katie Ho, who is the founder of Attire Media as well as a daily activism publication called The Daily Activist. And she is just so inspiring. She does a lot of great work in this space. And this episode is great for anyone who wants to become more involved in the world of activism but doesn't know where to start, who wants to know some quick tips about how to become a conscious consumer, who wants to know some shocking facts about the fashion industry, and who wants a general mindset shift about overall consumption and even the idea of minimalism and how that ties into our happiness. This is a really, really great conversation and very relevant to 2020 where there's just so much going on in the world. So I hope that this brings you guys some guidance and comfort and advice for how to move forward in this world world of uncertainty and certainly injustice. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Katie Ho. Today I'm chatting with my super inspiring friend Katie Ho and I just want to ask you first Katie to give an introduction of yourself. What have you been up to and tell me a little bit about what inspired you to get into all these things that you're involved in. Oh well thanks for the great introduction. Um, So Meg and I studied together at UBC. We're both in the commerce program so that's how we met and I think you and I really connected when we first met because we're both really passionate about social impact and things like that. So personally, I'm the founder of Attire, which is a publication that helps consumers start on their ethical and sustainable fashion journey. Lately, we've been doing a lot of work around the Black Lives Matter movement because obviously it's something that is super, super relevant to what's going on in the world now. So um, relating to the fashion industry, we've been putting together some email templates on how consumers can reach out to brands and really ask them, like, what are you doing to incorporate more diversity and inclusion, whether that be with your models or your internal structure. And we've also been publishing a lot of articles on how people can support the Black Lives Matter movement through either supporting Black-owned brands or taking other actions to learn and to help out. And I also recently launched the Daily this, which is a daily newsletter that sends you three activism actions that you can take. I really found that that has helped me become a better activist because it's just been so overwhelming with all of the information out there and really just trying to break it down into something that's simpler and more digestible. So that's really what, what I do is I, I take all of this information. I, I try to make it easier for people to implement. That's awesome. I can tell you're super caring about all these things that are happening in the world. So what kind of started you off on this journey of activism that you're on right now? Was there like a point in your life where you felt like, okay, I feel like I can make a change in this world. So I'm going to do my part. Yeah, so I guess it's been something that has been in my life for quite a while. I mean, 
when I first learned about climate change, I think I was in grade four. And I just remember being so shocked about everything that was going on. I was just in disbelief that not enough had been done about it. And it was such a huge, huge issue. Um, so I remember like when I was in the fourth grade, like putting up posters around the school, trying to like teach people about sustainability. So it's been something I've always been passionate about just because I don't know, to me, it's just it's obvious, like it's such a huge issue. We should be doing something about this. I'm also super passionate about human rights. And I think a lot of that is because my parents were actually refugees um, and they came to Canada just to basically escape war. And they've just been through a lot that after hearing their stories, I think I've just developed a lot of empathy for people who are going through something similar. And I remember like when I first learned about the Holocaust in middle school, again, I was just so shocked, like how could something like this happen and still be continuing to happen in our world? I mean, obviously it's not the same, but there's still a lot of human rights abuses that are happening. And like, I think coming from my background, I just, it made me realize like that could be me, that kind of stuff could happen to me and it shouldn't happen to anybody. And so sustainability and ethics have always been a part of my life, but I didn't really make the connection to fashion until a few years ago, actually. And I started getting more involved in the industry, like attending fashion week, modeling, and like just working in a lot of different roles. And I think fashion used to be a way for me to try and fit in, like, especially I think growing up as a person of color in like a predominantly white neighborhood, it was just a way for me to like connect with my friends and like try to belong. Um, but now I've just realized this industry has such negative impact, like on human rights, on sustainability, um, and also like the diversity issues are appalling. And I think as I just learned more about the industry, I really realized like this needs to change like I love fashion but this needs to change and I need to do something about it wow that's amazing you kind of like you had these passions but you really take a deeper approach to and think about the deeper impact behind all of your choices and I think that's something that all of us should do you know like what is the impact of me purchasing all these things so I want to talk more about attire media because that's something you started for your passion for sustainable fashion and conscious buying what has attire media been doing and like what do you kind of see attire media growing into in the future yeah well so I guess I started attire with all of those things in mind that I just talked about, but I guess the idea really came to fruition when I was working for an organization called Recloseted. Highly recommend following them if you don't already, but they're basically an organization that does education on like how to be a more conscious consumer, but they also fashion brands become more sustainable. So I was doing some consulting work with them and we were working with some like local sustainable fashion brands and it was just such a cool experience. But I realized that like one of our clients' main struggles was just like the fact that consumers don't understand why it's so important to be sustainable and ethical. And they don't understand like how to look for that in their clothes. And then at the same time, I had like so many friends who would message me and they'd be like, what's a sustainable brand that I can buy from? Like, how can I become better? And I realized like there's just this knowledge gap where brands are doing really great things. Consumers want to do better, but they don't know how. And so I decided to start Attire to really bridge that knowledge gap. 
Um, and I guess our goal in the future is really to just empower consumers to develop more conscious shopping habits. And yeah, I would love for the fashion community as a whole and consumers as a whole to just be more aware of what they're buying. Wow, that's amazing. It's super inspiring to see all the stuff that Atara has been helping with. It's personally helped me a lot because, you know, I don't shop too much. But when I shop, I usually just think about, you know, the price tag and does it look good. But a con of that is that I don't think about what happens behind the scenes, especially for fast fashion and stuff. So I really appreciate you starting this. And I'm sure that you've helped like so many people along the way. So I want to talk more about, you know, just being a conscious consumer. And maybe if listeners want to learn how they can make better choices when buying, how have your buying habits personally for you changed after you've learned more about the fashion industry and its impacts? Yeah, so first of all, I want to like, thank you for following along with everything we've been doing. And like, that it is hard at first. I think the biggest change is like you need to change your mindset and start thinking about it. So I think you've already taken a really great step in doing that. And it's hard because we're brought up in this society that tells us like, if you're successful, it means you have to own a lot of things. And we're just taught to buy, buy, buy. Like when we're happy, go shop. When you're upset, go shop. And it's just the band-aid solution for everything. So we need to start by changing our mindsets. And then in terms of like other habits that I've implemented, um, I've just stopped buying fast fashion altogether. So brands like H&M, Zara, Uniqlo, Forever 21, I don't buy from them anymore just because um, I think that their business model as a whole is just not sustainable, like producing in such large amounts. So now I mostly shop secondhand and it's actually so much fun. So I highly recommend it. There's so many great thrift shops in Vancouver and in other cities where you can just spend a day and like have fun and try all these unique pieces that you wouldn't find anywhere else. I've really started to enjoy that and like embrace the fun in it. And I think like another important thing is to just think hard before you buy something, do your research, really figure out like what am I buying don't just look at it and be like oh it looks nice so I guess I'll buy it like really think about it before you do so and just learn to style the pieces you already own I've learned to get so creative with all of the old stuff that I've owned for like over five years and just like really get creative with it and try to mix things up and try new things and like you don't need to buy new clothes to be in style at all And then the last thing I would offer as a habit is not to only think about the buying of things, but also like, what are you going to do with it when you're done? Think about the end of life. And when you're done with a piece, like, do you want to sew it into something new or do you want to sell it or swap with your friends? And I think it's also really important to think twice before you donate. A lot of our donated clothes actually end up in developing nations and polluting their ecosystems and destroying their economies. So it's so important for us to, of course, buy less and then also be conscious of where the clothes are going to go after we're done. Mm. Wow. Thanks for such amazing and concrete tips. I think what you brought up about mindset is so important because I know a lot of people, you know, in today's society think of buying and shopping as kind of their therapy. You know, when they're sad, I'll go shopping. When you're excited, we'll go shopping. But it's just having the mindset of 
do I really need this? And can I channel this energy into something else? And I really love what you brought up about just thinking about how you can like repurpose your own clothing, like styling it. Like when you're feeling sad, maybe I can just channel my creative energy into restyling some old clothing. I think that's like better than shopping because first of all, you're not spending money. You're not contributing to fast fashion or unnecessary waste. And third of all, you're just being creative and having fun with it. So thanks for the tips. That's super awesome. I actually wanted to ask more about what should we do with clothing after we're like done with it? Because me and my family, we just bring it to like the donation bins and put them in. But do you have any more like concrete tips on what to do after? Yeah, it's definitely something that's tough. There's this really good quote that I've seen that says there's no such thing as a way. Like when we send our clothes to be donated or when we send them to the landfill, in our minds, like they're gone, they've disappeared. But what we don't realize is like they don't actually go away. They usually go to some other part of the world where it's going to pollute their ecosystems and it's often sent to really like underprivileged neighborhoods. So we really need to think about that. That's why I don't buy that much anymore because I'm like, this just means I have more to deal with like once I'm done with all of these clothes. So really thinking about that. But of course, like inevitably it's going to happen. So there's a lot of ways that you can deal with it. I mean, the first thing I would recommend is repairing. You know, like back in the day, people used to like, if there's a hole in your shirt, you're going to sew it back together. And like people used to have those skills of like sewing and knitting and like now it's sadly not as common, but I still highly recommend either learning it yourself or bringing it to like a tailor. I'm trying to like save your clothes instead of just throwing them out. If you just simply don't want it anymore, um, you can upcycle it, which basically means like turning it into something new that's also useful. So you can take like old jeans and turn them into like a plant holder or a bag or something and really get creative with it. And then you can also like turn them into rags to like clean and stuff like that. So there's so many options because like really like fabric is a resource and by throwing it out, you're just throwing away something that's valuable. So thinking about that, um, some other things you can do are like hosting a clothing swap with your friends. It's like a super fun way to get rid of your clothes and like also get something new in return. You can sell them to like a consignment store. You can bring them to a thrift store to be sold as well. And then I would say like donating is probably my last resort. It's still better than like directly throwing it in the trash. But yeah, just being conscious of the consequences of donating sometimes so just keep all of that in mind even like before you buy something because you're ultimately responsible for where that piece goes once you're done with it Mm -hmm. yeah 100 percent. i personally love just like i had a lot of old clothes that were just too small for me but instead of donating i kind of cut them up so i made like shorts out of jeans that didn't fit me anymore and i made kind of like tops out of like old skirts and stuff so yeah that's definitely a great recommendation and i think the biggest point that you brought up is just being conscious of before you even make the purchase decision because once you make that purchase it's in your hands and you have control of like what you're going to do with that piece of clothing but if you just think about do i really really need this new article of clothing then I think that's like the foundation of it, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's amazing to hear that you've already been doing that. 
Yeah, definitely. I think for me, I just didn't find much joy in buying new clothes anymore because I realized how big my closet was becoming and it wasn't exactly making me happier. So <laughs> just like refocusing that energy has helped a lot. What do you think are some facts about the fashion industry that like a lot of people might not know about? Because for someone like me who maybe hasn't dove super deep into the research about the fashion industry, I just think about it like, oh, like fast fashion is unethical because they're producing in batches, they're producing waste. But are there some facts that you want to share with our listeners that maybe will change their mindset even more about it? Yeah, totally. I mean, there's so many disturbing facts about the fashion industry. One thing that really bothers me is when people buy those feminist t-shirts that a lot of fast fashion brands sell. And it's like, is this shirt really feminist if you are selling it for $5? Like, because most of the workers in the fashion industry are women of color in developing nations, and they're only getting paid on average 3% of the profits that the brands make. So like, if they're selling that shirt for $5, how much is the person who actually made it going to earn? And another thing is the fact that fashion is always super targeted towards women. And there's a lot of like talk about feminism within fashion, but it's still such a huge problem because most of fashion CEOs are predominantly white men. And so these are the people who are dictating what women should wear. And I think that is also super problematic. And most male CEOs, they make within four days what a female garment worker in Bangladesh is going to make in her lifetime. So, like, there's a huge wealth inequality there. And so we need to think about, like, where is our money going when we're buying clothes? Another thing that I've noticed in the industry is just much like racism and fat phobia is very very prevalent and it's so normalized in fashion that like people don't even question it anymore like when you look at magazines like most of the time it's going to be like a tall thin white woman and no one really questions it anymore because it's just been around for so long so I think that it's important for us to also like keep questioning that like why aren't there more black women why aren't there more like fat women why aren't there more trans men and women like so we need to think about that and be conscious of the advertising we're seeing and another thing is like within the luxury industry I think it's not talked enough about people really like to focus on fast fashion for being bad and like it is bad understandably but I think luxury fashion is like another animal on its own because people just don't really question it because they're like they're setting all the trends and like this is the epitome of fashion and people just don't question it but they use so many like animal skins leathers and like unethical materials um a lot of them also burn excess stock so basically like a luxury company they make money because their clothes are rare and they're really valuable because they're rare and so when they have extra inventory some of them will just like burn it because they don't want anyone else to use it and it's like such a waste of materials um and then I guess the last thing I want to touch on is like the fact that it's so easy for fashion companies to avoid responsibility a lot of companies like the brand itself will not make its clothes so they will actually hire like an external factory to make the clothes And then because of that, when you ask fashion companies about like, how much are you paying your workers? Are they working under safe conditions? They'll just be like, well, I don't know. Like, we're not in charge of that. We just hire this other factory to do it. 
And it just creates this huge problem because they're not taking responsibility for their actions. So yeah, I mean, hopefully everyone can take this into account a bit more when they're buying new clothes. And yeah, these statistics and like facts really opened my eyes to the fact that we need to be more conscious. Wow, those ones really opened my eyes. I didn't really think too deep about especially the luxury industry that you brought up and also just how most of the leaders are, you know, rich white men and how they kind of dictate the direction of their companies. So it's really important now, especially, you know, our generation having these platforms, having the opportunity to voice our opinions and having such huge, you know, buying power for these companies. So I think it's really important for people like us, like just regular consumers like you and I to take a stand and let these companies know when something they're doing isn't right, you know. But I think the idea of like activism and taking a stand can also be intimidating for some people might be like, Oh, like, how do I even start? What if I say the wrong thing? Like, what do I do if you know, I'm just one person? What if my action doesn't make much of a difference? So how do you kind of overcome those doubts when participating in activism? Yeah, I mean, I think those are totally like they're things that come across my mind all the time. Um, super valid if you are thinking that way. And I guess the first thing would be like, don't be afraid of saying the wrong thing. Like, it's totally fine. I think we all have our own biases and like we all have beliefs that need to be changed. So just be open to that and try to find a safe space to voice your opinions and like really think through things. So like whether that's talking to a friend or just writing in your journal and trying to process those thoughts in like a safe way, but also like being open to changing them and yeah, surrounding yourself with people who also care and are open to change is super important because they can help hold you accountable. And it really helps when like, you're surrounded by people who care about the same thing because otherwise it's so easy to get pessimistic. And then I think another thing is like, you think that your actions are insignificant because you're just one person, but they really do make a difference. We've seen in the fashion industry, like brands are shifting towards being more ethical and sustainable. There's still a long way to go for sure, but it's something that they're really thinking about now because they're seeing that consumers want this and your dollars are so important because that's all they want is they want your money. So if you show them that like you're only going to buy from them, if they're being ethical and sustainable, that says a lot. So yeah, I always say like voting with your dollar is just as powerful as voting like in an election. So yeah, don't, don't think that your actions don't matter because they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Voting with your dollar is important because, you know, when they see that, oh, no, like people aren't going to buy from me if I'm not sustainable, even if their main driving force is to make money, then at least you're still shifting them in the right direction in some way. Right. So, yeah, that's super powerful. And also just the power of I think social media has just made it easier because personally, I've always been too afraid to get too involved in activism because I too was really afraid of doing or saying the wrong thing but especially with all these things happening in 2020 and seeing that people on social media and you know people in my networks are taking a stand it makes me feel really empowered to voice my thoughts and share resources as well and it's important to know that like if you do say something that makes people upset or like is wrong then always take that as an opportunity to learn and grow and not necessarily as like, oh no, like I'm shut out completely and I should not take part again because I'm scared of saying the wrong thing. It's always about learning and like 
taking criticism and growing from that. So yeah, thanks for sharing. That's really, really important. Now, how about holding other people accountable, especially, you know, companies or maybe your friends who might feel like they don't care or, you know, feel like they don't need to be a part of this? How do you kind of approach that? That's such a good question. It's like important to hold ourselves and others accountable. Um, so for brands, that's something we really focus on a lot at Attire. Um, we have a series of email templates you can use to contact them and ask them about their practices. So I think that's a great way to hold them accountable and show them that you're watching them. And I would say like not only engaging with them on social media, but also like when you go into a store, like don't be ask the representative, like where do these materials come from? Where do you manufacture your clothes? And, you know, if they don't know the answer, that might be a red flag. Um, or it might also have a positive impact in that they're going to ask their manager and their manager is going to be like, oh, so this is something that consumers care about. So yeah, anytime you interact with a brand, keeping those things in mind and asking them questions, I think really helps. Um, I think when it comes to friends, I like to take a more positive approach and just show them like being ethical and sustainable can be fun. Like it's, it's not this horrible, like terrifying thing that you have to go through. It's actually so much fun to go thrifting and like find new things. And like when you do research and you find like a really cool brand, it's actually so much more fun. Um, so I like to just like put a positive spin on it and share tips like, oh, here are some thrift stores I really like. Here are some brands that I really love. Um, and also like taking them thrifting, hosting a clothing swap and like just turning it into like a fun activity. So it doesn't have to be something that is difficult or negative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think with friends, it's also just thinking about we can just create this new normal of, you know, sustainable fashion because it's not necessarily harder. It's just a different approach to it. Right. And I think we're just brought up and being so used to just buying whatever we like and shiny object syndrome and buying the cheapest items. But it's just a simple switch in mindset and it's not necessarily difficult. So I think that's so true. Just like starting with, you know, framing it as something positive and just educating them maybe on the mindset aspect too. And that way it'll be easier to make a change as well. I want to ask about your journey in activism and have you ever done something that was like, you know, completely outside of your comfort zone and in hindsight, like, was it worth it? And what did that accomplish? Yeah. I mean, I think activism, that's really what it's all about. It's just about challenging the normal and it's always going to be uncomfortable otherwise we wouldn't need activism i think as we've seen this year with black lives matter like these uncomfortable conversations are what we need and that's why it's so important to have them and so i think that like even just starting a tire was super uncomfortable for me because i've never like launched my own company before like it, it was like a huge thing for me but I was just super inspired by the other entrepreneurs I was seeing in the space and like basically like they were just super passionate about something and they wanted to do something about it and it can be as simple as that and I think like the hardest step is just starting but once you've started it feels so good to see like the impact that you can make even if it's on a small scale like even if you help out one person, I think 
that that is super valuable. And like every time I get a message from somebody saying that they've changed their habits or they've started thrifting because of what they've seen on a tire, it's just, it makes everything so worth it. So I think, yeah, just take that first step, even though it might seem scary, it's just starting. That's the hardest. And then once you've gotten started, you'll just love it from there. And like, you can keep going. Um, I think that like, I've seen that with a lot of my white friends as well, who've been like, they care about Black Lives Matter, but they've personally just never had to speak about race issues before, because it's just not something that they really had to think about. Um, So they were really, really struggling with what to say at first. But I think like, once they actually made the step to speak out, I think it has really helped a lot of people just become more conscious of like the impact they can make. So yeah, just take the first step. Don't worry too much about it. Um, It's better than doing nothing. So just get started. Yeah, 100% agree with that. I think it's so empowering to like even see the impact that you can make on just one person even just one person reading something you read and learning something new or just being able to make one shift in thought for one company for the things that they're doing sometimes we tend to like undermine the kind of impact that we can make as you know as humans and like the power of our voices so I think it's so inspiring to see that you've really voiced all your thoughts and not just that but also taking such a educational approach to it and super practical too so I also want to ask like I think education is a huge part of it and I think we all could always be constantly learning and growing so what have you found are your main education sources for these things and what do you recommend our listeners check out yeah I mean I think that obviously following official publications is great um so not just looking on what pops up on your Facebook feed, but actually going into Google and like looking at multiple sources, like when it comes to politics, like look at CNN, but also look at Fox News and like look at those different perspectives. And then I also, for fashion, like obviously Vogue is a big one. I also like to follow Business of Fashion. Um, So those are two really good resources. Obviously, follow Attire because we focus specifically on ethics and sustainability, which other publications don't do. And then I also love to follow bloggers and influencers on Instagram because I think that they often show like the unofficial perspective and they're usually the ones to point out that like, these brands are not doing great things. And it's something I don't think an official publication like Vogue would ever do. So it's important to also get those perspectives. I also really like Diet Prada because they always do a great job of calling out fashion brands for ripping each other off or doing racist things. Um, So they do a great job of pointing that out. But yeah, I would say not to just stick to like one or two resources, but really try to branch out and get a diversity of resources because that's the best way to learn. That's awesome. It's so important to take like a holistic perspective on it and really take everything you read with a grain of salt and really think critically about all the information that you read, right? So yeah, Mm -hmm. that's great. I hope that if you're listening that you kind of like take time to like check out some of those things and educate yourself too. And even just signing up for newsletters, like the one that you made, like the Daily Activist. Personally, that's like helped me a lot because, you know, activism can be intimidating and sometimes you don't know where to start, but having some like concrete steps that you can take is 
super, super helpful. So yeah, that's awesome. I want to ask you about how do you kind of balance everything in your life? Because, you know, you've got so many things going on. You started a few projects. You're also a full-time student and now you're a full-time intern. So how do you balance things and how do you deal with burnout? Yeah, I mean, I guess I can share a bit of a story about burnout first. Um, so when I was first launching my company, um, I obviously like <laughs> had no clue what I was doing. Um, so I was just excited at every opportunity we got to like cover an event or collaborate with somebody because like when you're first starting out, that's huge. So I was asked to collaborate on like this really big event and there were going to be like influencers, designers there. And I was super, super excited to get on board. Um, but I just didn't realize how much was being asked of me. And like, I really like did not set boundaries properly. So I had like people calling me in the middle of the night. Don't ever do that to somebody because that's like <laughs> a big no-no in business. But yeah, I had people like calling me on weekends, calling me at midnight. And I was just like so overwhelmed with like both launching my company, but also dealing with this other event that I was collaborating on. So I think like setting your boundaries is so, so important and make sure that people know like I will respond to emails on weekends. I will not be responding to your phone calls past 5 p.m. and whatnot. And be really clear about that when you're working with other people. Um, and then when it comes to just like balancing things in my life, I think time blocking has really, really helped me, especially like with COVID and like having no structure to my life whatsoever. I found that like time blocking really helps to give you that structure. And it also helps you just be conscious of your time. And yeah, like once you realize I only have half an hour to complete this task, you're so much more efficient with your time. I also rely religiously on to-do lists. I could not survive without them. And I think like also just make sure you make time for yourself. Like make sure you specifically set aside time for self-care. Like for me, even though like it's COVID and you can work whenever you want, I still try to maintain like I'm only working from nine to five. My evenings and weekends are just for me and like family time. So yeah, just set those boundaries for yourself and take care of yourself. Those are some awesome tips. I personally also struggle with setting boundaries sometimes, but sometimes it's like thinking about how do we prioritize the few things that we can handle and that we really do care about as opposed to, you know, saying yes to everything and kind of being overloaded and not being able to give your 100%. So yeah, that's so inspiring to see that you've been able to create that like balance for yourself. And I think I really want to learn from you with these tips too. Like I need to do some time blocking. I want to set my boundaries so that I have time for my family in the evening and stuff. So yeah, thanks for sharing those tips. Now I want to ask you one kind of like interesting question. So let's say you had the power to change like anything in the world. What would that one thing be? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's such a huge question. I don't know. I'm sorry if I answer this wrong. But <laughs> no wrong answer. Um, but I think that like one thing that I'd really like to see change is like just ending overconsumption and ending materialism. Like we've talked about this a lot today, but just we don't need to consume as many things as we do now. And, you know, it seems like such a small thing, just buying less, but 
in reality, like it's caused so many issues in our world. Like it's the reason why we want to produce things so quickly at such a low cost that they break down really quickly and we can't pay people a living wage. And it also obviously has devastating impacts on our environment. And so I think that like, I don't know, a lot of problems can be solved if we can just let go of that materialism. And I also think people would just be happier because like, as we've talked about, shopping doesn't make you feel better. Like it might make you feel better for like five minutes, but you know, in reality, like happiness comes from like having genuine connections with people and doing meaningful things in your life. And it's not about buying tons of stuff. So I would really love to see that change. Yeah, I agree 100% with the last few things you said, too. It's like, happiness comes from things that don't necessarily need to cost you money, you know, you don't need to consume to be happy, you can just find genuine relationships doing things that you care about and really the fulfillment of seeing that you're making some kind of impact in this world too i think those are like our main sources of happiness and consumption is just a temporary form of happiness that isn't necessarily making many things better so it's important to have that mindset shift and i really hope to see that shift in the world as well um i'm not sure if you're super involved with the idea of like minimalism like would you say that you are a minimalist min minimalist when it comes to (laughs) buying things I think I definitely am like I have been since I was really young like I remember just going shopping with my mom and she'd be like should we buy this I'm like mom we already have something like that we don't need another one (laughs) I've always kind of been like that but yeah I think recently I've just gotten even more into it and really really trying to intentionally cut down on how much I consume because yeah I just realized it's not what makes you happy it's not what's going to give you fulfillment in life and it also just feels good not to own a ton of stuff especially like being a person who likes to travel and like live in different places it's just so much easier to own less stuff and I also really love following the minimalists they have like their own podcast which is amazing so yeah if you guys love podcasts which I'm sure if Everyone's listening to this, they like podcasts. <laughs> um, I'd highly recommend following the minimalists as well. I think like they've really opened my eyes to the benefits of minimalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that I adopted the minimalist lifestyle a while back to maybe two years ago. And honestly, it has just changed my life in the sense that clutter and having too many things actually adds more stress than it does take away stress. So now being more conscious of like, do I really need to buy this? And do I really need an extra set of this if I already have this at home has really changed my life. So yeah, minimalism is, it's not just buying less. It's also just this mindset that material things don't bring happiness, right? It's about like the deeper things behind the materialism. So yeah, thanks for sharing. And yes, highly recommend the minimalists. I follow them too. And it's honestly super, super inspiring. So I think that wraps up our conversation really well. But is there any kind of like last words or tips you want to give to our listeners with regards to like activism, conscious buying or anything like lifestyle? Yeah, I mean, we've touched on a lot of great things now, I think. But I think the number one thing is just like surrounding yourself with people who also care, because that's what's going to keep you motivated. And you can all like help each other out. And I found it's really helped me. Um, And just keep challenging what you see around you, like challenge your own beliefs, challenge what you see in the world. And I think that's how like meaningful change happens. And 
also just stay informed and make sure you know what's going on and look at different perspectives. And I think Mike's podcast is a great place to start. So thanks for having me. (laughs) Of course. I'm so honored that you came onto my podcast. I'm honestly like always really inspired by all the things that you share and you do. So I'm sure that our listeners are very interested in learning how they can connect with you after hearing so many great insights. So where can they find you and check out what you're up to? Yeah, so I guess I have a few handles. So if you want to learn more about sustainable fashion, we have an Instagram page at Attire Media, and our website is attiremedia.com. If you want to get regular updates, we have a newsletter you can subscribe to. Um, As we've also talked about, I have a daily human rights newsletter that you can subscribe to. Um, and that is at the daily activist underscore on Instagram. And you can find the subscription link there as well. Um, and then my personal Instagram is Ms. Katie. Ho. So I would love to connect with anybody who listened to this. Um, I'm always open to chat, open to your questions. So yeah, just feel free to reach out. Yay, that's awesome. Yeah, Katie's an amazing person. So highly recommend you guys reach out and I'm sure you guys would have some awesome conversations. Thanks so much for joining me on this conversation. And I hope that you guys listening got a lot of insights out of it as I definitely learned a lot just from having this chat with you. So yeah, thanks, Katie. And thanks everyone for listening. Thank you. Bye. so much again for tuning in i personally learned so much from this conversation about the fashion industry it's truly shocking and after this i'm going to be even more of a conscious consumer and always think about the why behind why i'm purchasing and think about the impacts of every single action i do and i truly hope that this conversation was able to allow you guys to reflect on your own decisions when consuming and purchasing things as well as the different things that you can do to make an impact in this world whether it's using your platform voting with your dollars or simply taking care of yourself and having these kinds of conversations with the people around you so make sure to give us a follow on instagram at i'm in my 20s to stay up to date and i need to plug katie's handles again because she's just so amazing so make sure to give her a follow on instagram on her main page at miss katie ho m-s-k-a-t-y-h-o as well as her activism newsletter at the daily activist underscore and lastly her fashion media company for conscious fashion at attire media so make sure to check those ones out you guys definitely won't regret it it's helped me so much and it certainly will help you guys out too so with that being said thank you guys so much and i hope you guys have an awesome day and i'll catch you guys again next tuesday